Hi, this is Isu from SOAS Radio. Today I'm joined by TM Ahmed Kesha. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Isu. Thank you for inviting me and thank you for giving me the chance to share my ideas perhaps and, and talk about uh, our activities. I've been to some of your events before. They've always been really interesting. Thank you. Let's wind the clock back. Where did you grow up and what arts shaped your early life? I was born and grown up in Bangladesh. So like any other child, uh, actually I was grown up in a village. So the beauty of the village at that time, especially when I was growing up, is so poetic. And that is something that we are missing under the influence of global... uh, uh, I'm not anti-global person, but especially the global artificial urbanization is destroying the beauty and poetic beauty of the villages, especially the rural villages of Bengal. But uh, fortunately, when I was growing up, I was grown up in a very open, very non-communal environment where singing and poetry-loving people are all around the villages. They love sort of folk poetry, folk music, and especially we used to have something called Jatrapala, that always haunts my memory. This is at the edge of extinction now. I mean, Jatrapala means opera, storytelling, and then singing. So this is something that I witnessed. People actually developed from an ancient time a unique way of storytelling through music, through dance. And then I witnessed perhaps the last part of that art form, especially it, it used to happen in winter night, under the binyan tree, lots of hijack light, lantern used to be hung by the branches of the tree. And a storyteller used to come and tell the story in such a unique way. These storytellers are more actually actors. So they, they engage the audiences. They used to read the pulse of the audiences uh, so easily. And then after the story is being told or staged, in the morning, audiences used to go back home with a tearful eye. So that was the impact that I I noticed in my childhood. And uh, especially I was uh, in, in childhood, I started writing poetry. Poetry was my first and perhaps the eternal love. So I I actually explored all other form of arts through poetry. So when I listen to music, for example, I would like to see whether there is a beauty of poetry in music. So whenever I listen to whatever music, even classical, Western classical music that I'm a big admirer of, or Indian classical music, or even dance, I would like to see whether the rhythm resonates the beauty of poetry. So always poetry was my first love. And then all other art forms, even I was, in in many extent, I was engaged into film society movement, serious film. I did a few documentaries, actually. But what I tried to make is a piece of poetry in celluloid. So whatever I tried to do is is actually poetry. So poetry is my first love and perhaps the last love as well. And then the music that I did, especially folk music, that that intrigued me immensely. And... uh, in my university life, I was uh, studying in a very practical subject because I was almost pushed by my guardian to 
to study this chemical engineering but i i managed to leave some important laboratory works and then uh, engaged in poetry and we used to call it a movement called little magazine movement a new voice new way of writing after tagore and especially after 30s in bengali literature there is a tendency developed to write in new style and develop your own voices that is a movement a kind of an establishment movement in literature that is started in early 90s i edited a poetry magazine called paradigm then i was also the part of another very esteemed platform called the grunty and many other little magazines we started because we tried to develop our own voices in poetry or whatever whenever we wrote fictions and then when i came to this country i um, i mean especially when i um, i mean at my university life i was attracted by uh, serious films especially bagman takovsky filmmakers that i count as almost like god and i count myself as a disciple of these filmmakers through bagman i explored a new horizon of art form which is western classical bagman gave a profound interpretation of mozart beethoven the one film that made a huge influence in me a surrealistic film that is called the hour of wolf by bagman and where he reinterpreted and developed a beautiful interpretation of mozart's uh, magic lantern and that's how i began a journey to explore uh, more western classical music and that's how bach and um, beethoven comes to my life and all of a sudden when i was listening i was listening uh, yahudi manuhin another great western violinist i became fan of him quite easily and then i came to know that he is a big fan of ravi shankar ji and some another some great indian classical maestros because i'm i'm from indian subcontinent indian classical music wasn't my first love so i came through western classical music and then through yahudi manuhin i started developing a beautiful horizon of indian classical music and that gave me a remedy well especially at certain point of my life when i went through i should classes kind of depression and i was having a syndrome of suffered soul uh, burning hearts uh, poetry gave me a bit of uh, space and remedy surely but music actually helped me and healed me uh, healed me so significantly and music was almost like my only shelter especially after midnight some wonderful poetry of the world and especially classical music gave me a shelter and then uh, 2010 we started a phenomenal platform that is called so the society of poetry in indian music which promotes classical music and poetry only because we tried to develop new communication of indian classical music and i think both art form poetry and music is so close to each other they can complement each other so beautifully if you are in a position to develop or portray the mood of the ragas or mood of the classical music poetry can convey some sort of mood and then we started this historical journey we did so many wonderful fusions of indian classical music we did sebastian bach's goldberg variation with rakshana lorca's poetry 
Koyam's Hafiz poetry, we apply to convey the mood of Indian ragas in South Bank Center. In many prestigious venues, we started connecting with artists, musicians, music, profound music loving audiences. So that is the journey we started for sure. Then another organization that I, I direct as well, and that is called Radharaman Society. That is purely based on the promotion of Bengali folk music. Radharaman was a symbol of non-communal Bengali culture. And then he, he wrote so many compositions that is kind of quite close to Bhushnav philosophy. And that is also close to Baul philosophy. Baul quite close to Sufi philosophy. Sufi, that is from Islamic faith. So we started this festival here in Leeds with a name to promote Bengali folk music in the world stage. And then we connected so many other folk music and folk uh, culture, Panji and folk music, for an example. This year, we are doing sort of Moroccan folk music, many other folk music, and then we fuse that with Indian or Bengali folk music. And Because folk music is so simple. Anyone can connect. You, you don't have to have the technical mind. Whenever you listen to classical music, you, you listen with intellect. But when you listen to folk music, you need an open heart and that pours something, that keep pouring something in your heart. You can feel it uh, so visceral, so touchy. And uh, that's how we connected so many audiences from even non-Indian background. And then about six years ago, because obviously many of our audiences come from different parts and different cities of this country, and then they wanted us to do something in London. And then for Shodha, so the Society of Poetry means the platform that we promote Indian classical and global music. Most of the activities are based in London and other prestigious venues like so that we performed in Edinburgh Festival as well. But uh, people wanted that folk music platform to, to organize, to host something in London. And then we started another festival, beautiful festival, that is called Baul and Bushra Music Festival. And that is happening for the last six years. Baul came from, like I mentioned, Islamic Sufi faith, and Vaishnav came from Hindu Vaishnavism faith. So that came and make, made it such a good confluence of two different theological philosophy. And uh, this music actually is the reflection of Bengali, non-communal culture, and again, love, enormous love. In Vaishnav and Baul music, you will see most of the lyrics are for Radha and Krishna, I mean, those are mythical characters, but those, they also reflect human being as well. If you want to get someone that, that you dream for, you have to worship like Radha. So Radha, Radha's wailing, Radha's lamentation uh, reflected through this music. And then we hosted this festival with a name that people would come with an open heart. And when we finish, people will go home with the heart full of love. And that is something happening for the last 11 years. Like I mentioned to you before we started, uh, Radharaman Festival is returning to Leeds for 11th year now from 5th to 7th November. And that is a three-day festival, all day, all night. So people come here from different cities, network with each other, they explore each other, and they become friends. There are many occasions that they met here, and then they become friends forever. Uh, another thing that we say, they explore the beauty of the lyrical landscape of the North, 
through Bengali folk music. So Radharaman festival happens in different exciting outdoor venues as well. So by the lake, you know, the beauty of Yorkshire Dale. So we have so many glazing lakes and beautiful nature. So uh, a place called Lotli Shevin. So we do a poetry session in the forest. We do music and dance session by a lake called Round the Park uh, while barbecuing and music and dance goes on simultaneously. So this kind of environment we try to create just to promote the earthly pleasure. People can explore each other through love, through music, uh, through compassion, uh, and through humanity as well. So through these festivals, we try to uh, promote this. We're going to play our first song now. Can you pick a track that reminds you of your early life? Well, one song, one song that I heard in Jatra Pala, and that is called Madhun Kumar Madhumala. I was child at that time, and then I heard so many of my elder brothers, uncles were singing this. I couldn't manage to watch this Chatrapala. I couldn't manage to watch it, but I saw people are people were singing this with tearful eyes. So this is a folk tales, almost like fairy tales, almost like fables. But whenever you sing this, whenever you are into this story, although in one thread you are you are thinking, oh, this is fairy tale, but another thread, the music is so vivid. The description is so vivid, even though your realistic mind can't deny this, and then you start it all of a sudden you burst into tears. That is quite a magic, quite a magic realist story. I mm. mean, I know that magic realism started in Latin America, but 
the seed of this seed of this art form or seed of this movement i find was lying in 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 india as well in bengal this story says the prince actually met someone in the dream and that is called madhumala when he woke up he thought that is that was happening in reality and then he started talking to all all friends and friends said oh you were you saw in dream how cool you were you saw someone in dream and you were becoming mad for that girl and he started saying how do you say this is dream if this is dream how come my handkerchief has been exchanged with her and then i can i can still smell her i can still smell her hair in in mm. this handkerchief yeah how how come you're saying this is this is this is not true or this is just dream this is reality look my finger ring has been exchanged so through this song he was just trying to tell his friends don't say this is in dream don't say this is unreal this is real a magic realist world magic realist narrative that's brilliant <laughs> thank you it's halloween soon i want to ask about the tradition of bengali ghost stories ah so uh, ghost stories this is something that i grew up as well grew up with as well and uh, ghost stories all those ghost stories and that i i can remember at my childhood are you familiar with something called azan azan is a a call for the prayers in the evening especially in the late in the evening uh, something called a a time is called maghrib so maghrib azan means the prayer call for maghrib i mean the early evening and uh, as a child we were not uh, religious at all but this was the timing we needed to maintain so if we play we have to remember that before the call for the prayer of maghrib we have to come back home and sit for the study sit for the preparing um, the uh, lessons for school and uh, i always found it very hard from our highway to our house there is perhaps a half kilometer way because of this i used to listen so many dreadful stories of ghosts uh, from my grandma when i was alone at my childhood those stories used to haunt me and then i thought well perhaps someone is following me and especially when you go under the tree i couldn't even look up because i thought perhaps a ghost is sitting on the branch of the tree and then it can fall on me or mm. something like this and then we we always have a very common narrative of a ghost to me uh, whenever it comes to any narrative of ghost i see something a something like a fire from the ground to sky so this is something we always used to say a fire being always appear just in front of me someone who who used to tell us the experience of uh, confronting a ghost so they used to tell us oh i confronted a ghost all of a sudden why in a dark in a dark evening in a dark night i was coming i didn't have any light torch light with me and then all of a sudden a fire uh, light covering from the ground to the sky appeared just in front of me and then made some dreadful sound wow 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 something like this these two although i have i never ever have experienced this but this always even now i'm not believer actually i'm not believer i'm quite an agnostic man i don't have 
uh, anything empirical, I always go for this. Uh, apart from anything unempirical, I always challenge. So to me, still now, those stories haunt me perhaps. And that's why when I'm alone, I've, I started, perhaps in my imagination, I started hearing those sounds. So this is the common narrative of Bengali ghost stories. All of a sudden, something uh, came in front of you, you don't see its face. And then we, we perhaps humanize the ghost sometimes because sometimes you would see that is perhaps for the patriarchy, the stark patriarchy, you will always see, we call it petni. Petni means woman, an ugly woman, ugliest woman, that has to be ghost. So, so you can see the stark patriarchy, the patriarchal society actually perhaps made the stories and they um, ghostify women in many ways. Was the work of Satyajit Ray an influence on you? I think this is uh, tremendous, tremendous. I mean, Satyajit Ray is not simply a filmmaker. He's a pioneer of neorealist film in India, not in a way how, how the Italian neorealist film we watch now. He developed his own language and portrayed the Indian reality in it. So whenever some Western audiences watch those stories, they, they think this is part of documentary. Potepachali, for an example, and, and so impeccable. This is something that I feel quite uh, important about Satyajit Rai, quite uh, essential about Satyajit Rai, that he's an impeccable filmmaker. Whenever you watch this, you, you, you won't see, you can't sort of, I mean, some of the artwork when you watch, you feel like sort of, yes, if I could do it, I could do something better in this way. But whenever you watch Satyajit Rai, you, you think this is fatal. This could not be done better in any other way. This is the reality of Satyajit Rai and this is the magnificence of Satyajit Rai. Satyajit Rai interpreted so many uh, works of Tagore, but uh, he did it in, in his own ways. Uh, and then also the use of music he did is also amazing. I mean, he used some Tagore's song in, in some of his films. And it was so inevitable, so complimenting that you, you think this is just flawless. It can't be described better in any other means. So Tujit Rai's influence on me is, first of all, the way he explored humanity in his films. That is something that intrigued me immensely. And then the way he tells his stories. He didn't compromise with the popular taste of audiences. He manages to make films seriously with a commitment to the art form, not just to the taste of the audiences. So this is something that I always get inspired from Sushatajitra. My favorite film is Kanchanjanga. I always decode something new. I always find something new. I always explore something new. That's my take on Sushatajitra. And you also mentioned the work of Derrida to be influential to you as well. One of my friends, uh, who is the founder, editor of Asian Culture Vulture, in my interview with him about 10 years ago, 
I mentioned that Derrida made a huge influence on me to look at some artwork with a new look, with a name to do new interpretation. And Derrida definitely, but some of the post-structural philosophers also had an influence. I'm not sure whether you're familiar with Rolla Barthes works, Rolla Barthes, so who said the death of the author, who wrote a phenomenal ideas, that is an essay called the death of the author. So in Bengal, we always wanted to explain what poet said in his text without myself being engaged to the text and decode something in my own way. So Rola Bartis and Derrida in many extents open up a new horizon to look at the text, to look at the signs and the signifiers in your own way so that you can interpret this and that can be another different text. So you don't have to focus on what Eliot actually meant through Westland. You can gather your own ideas and that can develop a new text. So this makes a permutation combination of thousand millions of texts from one text. So because obviously every word has the fatal influence on our word. When I say first, when I say first, immediately our brain started working to understand what the word first means. First means this is not last. First means this is not, this is something beginning. First means all other relevant words actually started storming in our brain. And we try to decide what is first. And then some people, perhaps when we say first, philosophically, they may kind of go, first. First is the beginning of the world. First is perhaps zero. First is perhaps the something about the creation and genesis of the world, genesis of the human species. Immediately we, we utter a word that has a very long influence on our brain and a creative mind always try to decode this in his own way. So Derrida made that influence and that, that's why perhaps whenever we do show those events, we try to develop our own interpretation. So deconstruction, we try to deconstruct the conventional text and develop our own ways. So whenever you see whatever I'm doing, perhaps the one that you uh, went to reach me, that is also my own way of deconstruction of Bengali opera. I try to develop my way of looking at the conventional, traditional operas and add something new from the global art, from the global literature and offer my personal interpretation of this art form. When I say last, for an example, so last has, uh, has a tremendous impact on my brain and that is also connecting to the way I was upbringing, also connected to the culture I was upbringing in. So last perhaps, and uh, I can perhaps quote something from Tagore and Tagore's almost the last uh, poem that he wrote. This poem was written at his last phase and one of my favorite poems, uh, that's called Last, last Question. The first son of the art asked, who are you? It got no reply. And then the last son of the art asked the same question, who are you, when the sun was setting in the western horizon? No reply came back. Whenever we say last, 
It also connects the death, perhaps. It also connects the apocalypse. It also connects the destruction of the world. So that's also depending on different cultures where we were brought up in. This idea actually mesmerized me. And then anything I do, perhaps you will see the reflection of Derrida's deconstruction. And I classify myself as a spiritual disciple of Derrida. Your new show at Rich Mix puts T.S. Eliot and Nazul Islam together. Why did you bring these two figures together? Thank you. Thank you. So this show is happening at Rich Mix on 14th of November. So I'm inviting your uh, audiences if they can come and watch this. This is a very important show. We launched that two weeks ago in Leeds, and that is the centenary celebration of these two masterpieces of the world of 20th century. One is the Westland, their pioneering poem that developed an important idea of modernity in world literature. And Bidruhi is another poem that is purely anti-colonial, but again an anti-establishment poetry. And that that is also connected, connected, hugely connected to the idea of modernity, the idea of self, the idea of own self, the idea of developing individuality, individual, I mean, the idea of humanity also. A human being is compared to God as well, because a human being can create almost like God. This was seen as heretic in, man, in many extent in Bengal. This was also, I mean, one of, one of the poems like Idruhi, he wrote in 19, almost at a similar time, and then he was charged for sedition by uh, British rulers at that time because it was classed as an anti-colonial poem. So he was hugely anti-colonial, but a humanist poet. So because there's a centenary of celebration, centenary uh, celebration of these two poems, so this is why initially we started to merge these two poems because this is two poems are quite fortunately proved as time-winning poetry, and still people love these poems. People deconstruct, reconstruct this poetry into their own ways, into their own interpretations. And then fortunately, our launch at Leeds, we're so admired. We have a houseful show here. And then many musicologists, academics, prominent academics, one MP, a labor MP called Fabian Hamilton. He was so impressed with this. He, he wrote a Facebook status uh, himself. So many other musicologists, theater directors sang with the praise of this production. And like I mentioned, that this is touring to Rich Mix on 14th of November. And then this will tour to different other cities and many academic and prestigious venues next year. These two poems somehow reflect the idea of modernity in two different ways. Westland, undoubtedly, a modern poetry, a very much intellectual poetry. I always say to my friends that whenever it comes to my favorite poets, I wouldn't count T.S. Eliot as, a, as my favorite poet. I would perhaps count uh, George Seferis, Kavafi, uh, Jorge Luis Burjas, Paul Silan, Nikanu Parra. These are my favorite poets. But when, when it comes to intellectual poetry or power of poetry, Westland is the must, is the most important poetry of not just 20th century, of literature, literary history, uh, to be honest, because it developed an idea of intellectual poetry. 
an idea of modernity as well. So modern world, before Eliot, nobody says that modern world is almost like a wasteland, almost like an abandoned land. You can lament, you can cry, you can wail, but nobody is there to listen to you. Modern world is so self, I mean, solipsistic world, a self-centered world we are, we are heading to. Eliot gave a, gave a warning, perhaps, a decayed world, and nobody could portray better than Eliot or earlier than Eliot, especially the Westland, before he wrote Westland. And then Ezra Pound did, a, did editing, did help him editing. This is also the part of history. The major thing that I tried to develop, tried to convey through this production, we marked this two points quite theatrically, the recitation theatrically, and then someone is playing as Elliot in that production. Someone is also playing as Kajino Jules in the production. An interview is being conducted by an Indian a real character, a real academic with T.S. Eliot. And then some some important speeches of Kajino Jules is the part of, part of this production as well. The, the final message through this production is their own interpretation of Shanti. Shanti, is the Indian mantra, perhaps you heard, Om Shanti, Om Shanti, it came from Upanishad. And then Eliot used this word. Eliot finished his Westland with this Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. And then he said in his interview that, I wish if I could have expounded the meaning of Shanti in my poetry, as equally as what the tantra means, what the tantra uh, does whenever you utter the word shanti, shanti, shanti. This has a very spiritual connotation, very subtle and poignant connotation where Eliot ended this. Because obviously in this decaying world, the burning souls are always looking for shanti, the peace, the peace, the peace. And then quite uh, significantly, the Bidruhi, Nazrul's, the rebel, the poem called Rebel, also in the finishing verses, he said, Bidruhi Ronoklanto, Ami Sheidin Hobo Shanto. So you can see Shanto, Shanti is coming quite metaphorically and conveying their own interpretation. I will be peaceful on that day when no torture will be on a human being. Nobody will subjugate human beings, and then I will be peaceful. Otherwise, I'll be rebel all the way. So two distinctive ways of interpreting Shanti, and that is what uh, I, I try to convey. I try to finish my production in as well. I try to finish my production through this message where Eliot finished with Shanti, 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 and Najul so you can see the two different, but very profound and very metaphoric, connotative interpretation of Shanti and peace. And where can we get tickets for the show? So this is available in Richmix uh, theatres. Richmix is uh, a lovely venue in East London, as you know, Isura. Uh, the tickets are available in uh, Richmix's website, so they can go and visit. And if you just type T.S. Eliot's uh, Westland and Najul's Bidruhi or Rebel, 
the rebel and, and that is available quite fortunately this is being supported by Tower Hamlets Council this is the part of Freedom and Independence Festival by Tower Hamlets Council what other projects are you working on at the moment and what are your future plans uh, next year we are touring to different uh, cities and different prestigious venues that include Royal Albert Hall I should say because in July we are coming to Royal Albert Hall with a beautiful project called uh, Frida Kahlo the universe of Frida Kahlo through Indian classical music so the, we are interpreting the melancholic universe uh, I'm sure most of the audiences are familiar with wonderful work of Frida Kahlo one of my favorite Mexican surrealist painter I was just interpreting this beautiful artwork through Indian classical music. So most of the ragas of Indian classical music, more or less melancholy. And it is so similar to the painting of Frida Kahlo. If you, if you look at this, whenever I, I look at Frida Kahlo's work, for some reasons I started singing. I, I see the resonance of some ragas. This will be happening in uh, Elgar Room of Royal Albert Hall in July. And then that will also visit some other venues that include British Library, some academic venues, Queen Mary University. And we're doing Najul Festival at Queen Mary University in April. And then we are also doing Tagore Festival. This, this is in, in plan, actually. So we started just initial conversation with some universities. Uh, academic venues and I'm planning to do it in Glasgow, um, Edinburgh University, Edinburgh and that, that is called uh, Edinburgh Centre of Tagore Study and that is the part of uh, Edinburgh University and some other academic venues as well so that is something that I'm planning to do. I'm writing on some, I have finished some scripts for some short films so that is something that I'm doing next year the short films that I always love doing and for my huge engagement in the promotion of music I couldn't have any chance to do this so during COVID I managed to write some scripts and then that will be celluloidized. I mean that will be filmed I will start shooting and sometime in next year and then um, my poetry collection always my friends are uh, pushing to uh, publish and I couldn't do justice to my poetry so by I think by next year some of my poems will be published some of my other literary works will be published as well along with films and and the the uh, Bengali opera that you that, that you uh, witnessed in in Richmond so I managed to write some scripts and that is based on the manuscript of initial Bengali operas called uh, Mamushinga Gitika. So that is something uh, that I'm planning to stage in next year. Would you be able to give us a reading of one of your poems now? Yeah, sure, sure. Let me read a, a poem that is also available on my website. This is not uh, the contemporary poem actually I, I wrote it about six or seven years ago but this is always my one of my favorite uh, poems I can sense your obvious inhabitation in my blood I can sense your obvious habitation in my blood and breath 
I can feel the way you catalyze the whole metabolism in my each molecule. Now I wonder the tree, remember the tree that was stemmed from a hidden vacuum whirling around the flowing stream of the river world. Look, it became so luminous today, so full of leaves. Do I even care if I'm captivated in a dark prehistory cave now? As long as I know almost for sure an unshakable light, an unperishable smell of your music, Shindu Bhairavi, will perforate through the darkness of the black hole. An unperishable smell of your music, Shindu Bhairavi, will perforate through the darkness of the black hole. And another thing that I, I wanted to mention is, Saru, uh, next year, I was planning to start actually this year, but because South Bank has, especially the Gamelan room has some sort of restriction yet now. So we can't start this year, we have to start next year actually. So we are starting to do a historic friendship, historic marriage of Gamelan and Indian classical music. And then if everything goes okay, and uh, the world will see that beautiful marriage in 2022 under the banner of Show the Society of Poetry and Indian Myth. Brilliant. Can we have information about your Rich Mix show one more time? Yeah, so that is um, happening at Rich Mix. The production is called The Rebel and The Westland, and that is based on two phenomenal masterpieces of 20th century written by a Westland, written by T.S. Eliot, and the Bidruhi, the Rebel, written by Kajin Najdul Islam. And this is a combination of theatrical reading, acting, and always, uh, as you know, live music. So an unmissable production, and that is not sent by myself, actually those who attended in launch, uh, at the launch in uh, Leeds Seminars Theatre, and some wonderful actors, and reciters, spoken word artists, musicians are working in this production. So please come and see on 14th of November, this is returning to Rich Mix on Sunday, 14th of November at 6 p.m. Rich Mix is a, a wonderful venue, a multicultural venue in East London. If you just type it, Rich Mix London, you will find uh, the detail there. If you just Google it, you'll find all of the information there. TM Ahmed Kesha, I'd like to thank you for being here. It's been very educational. Before you go though, can you please pick one song or piece of music that's been very influential to you? Thank you, thank you, Isharu. Uh, I mean, you asked me so many questions, but I have an interest to learn about you as well, because this is a curiosity always, still now. Uh, and then I always felt to ask you that, uh, how come you are interested in interested so much in Indian uh, dance, Mishti dance that you do in uh, Popular Union? And that is such a successful event you've been doing, perhaps for the last two years or three years, I don't know. But I know for last, at least for the last two years. This is something that I always fail to ask you. Uh, in what capacity? I mean, it looks like that you have a 
quite a good interest, curiosity, and also quite a good connection with Indian art forms, and that is definitely dance. So before I started singing, would it be possible to tell us, tell me briefly, uh, I mean, how, uh, what is the secret of the connection with Indian art form? Wow, this is the first, actually. I've never said this live before. I'm Sri Lankan, yeah. Sinhalese Sri Lankan, and I've been studying Buddhism and I've been studying where the Sinhalese race originated from. And all these questions just led me to really look at Indian arts and Bengali arts. Also, because I was British born, I grew up around dance music and the Asian underground dance movement of the 90s was a very big influence on me. So there was an artist called State of Bengal who made a song called Mishti Dance. And I named my night Mishti Dance in tribute to him. Wow, wow, yeah. wow. Thank you, Suru. So let me perhaps finish uh, with this song. I always wanted to be in love. Through all other art forms, I wanted to preach the depth of love, actually. And then I think people, human being becomes, I mean, human being starts a journey through humanity when they're in love. So love makes, love shapes a man uh, as human being. So we are, bestiality always are with us. We can't deny. But as soon as you start loving, then you started giving. Giving is the part of love, actually. So unless you, you can love profoundly, you can't start giving. And love is that magic that uh, makes a man as human being, uh, I mean, impose uh, humanity on man. I am the believer, especially I believe everything is bestial. A human being is also beast. But when you start loving, that magic, that magical journey, of humanity starts. And then especially the art form that I promote that signifies, that preaches love in such a profound way. And then I always like to, like myself, to be immersed in love always. And this is a Bengali folk song by a composer called Dinohin. And whenever, whenever I seek remedy, Whenever I'm depressed, for many reasons, I sing this song. So let me finish this session with this song. Porani porani mi shaya Rakhibo tumare re bondhu Rakhibo tumare Thako bondhu
তুমি বিনে বন্ধু নাই মন সংসারে তুমি বিনে বন্ধু নাই মন এভ সংসারে ও আমি যেদিকে আমি যেদিকে ফিরাবো দেখি যে তোমার রে বন্ধু দেখি যে তোমারে থাকো বন্ধু দিনহীন কই বিকাছি চরণে দিনহীন কই বিকাছি চরণে ও আমার মরণ আমার মরণ হইব বারো ও আমার মরণ হইব দেখিলে তোমার বন্ধু দেখিলে তোমারে থাকো বন্ধু মাঝারে থাকো বন্ধু থাকো বন্ধু